0: Logical progression, Year Three, Chapter Ten, Lesson Eight. Okay, Bismillah, Allahumma rabbi al-'alameen, Alhamdulillah, wa salatu was-salamu ala Rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man walā. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhum. Hayyakumullah. My apologies. My apologies. My apologies. That was a combination of two words. My apologies for being late. Um, not just a little bit late, but a lot late. So thank you for those who held on patiently. Um, it's like the end of the year. man. Fatigue. Yeah, catching up, man. I was running on two hours. I couldn't handle it. Yet. I went to sleep at like about half past six. I had to wake up half past eight. And I couldn't keep awake, man. Half past six again. I was like... So... Mm. It's the end of year blues. The amount of uh thingy has caught up with me finally. And so anyway, Naja. So last week this week, yeah? So that the because, because obviously Because obviously next week we might be waiting half an hour. She's shiz- <laughs> uh so you know there's no need for that, yeah. There's no need for that. No need for that. He will say next week one hour sleep. Okay. So, everybody just want to make it clear. Shazad would like us to finish next week. Uh, this week, sorry. Shazad would like us to finish this week. The reason that Shazad uh, would like us to finish this week is because Shazad is now a celebrity. Okay? If he was like a normal kind of guy, okay, he'd say the show goes on and there would not be any even discussion. But Shazad now is a—he is actually now a different person, and it's not about no uh, British Muslim, British Medal of Muslim whatever, same thing to British Medal of uh, Honor or Empire, of Barsia. he was at the garden party, hand-picked invitation by the Queen, and so because he's now met the Queen and gone to her house and their mates and stuff now, okay? So you know, she's given it the big end now. We have all become paupers, Trumps, Yani. Okay, and he's obviously, you know, a king amongst men. Well, at least we still got here on time. <laughs> huh? yeah. Subhanallah. subhanallah. Ah. So now he can't be bothered, Yani, to come. Actually, Subhanallah, that's why we don't let Shazad off his leash. He tasted the maza of being off last week, isn't it, huh? And what he what he realized is that Subhanallah, the lesson was amazing last week. No problem that ran it all, honey, all the show. Nawaz smacked it at the park, and he, he's. Asas, he, you know, uh, kya, uh, kya hoga? Yani asasat hoga? Yani you know, asas hoga? Yes, asas hoga, asas hoga. Don't 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 pull me up for Punjabi. Anyway, asas hoga. Yani he realized that actually he could lose his position. Do, do you understand what I'm trying to say? And so therefore, he just wants to quickly yeah, just get over done with and close it off and let's get ready for New Year, blah, blah, blah. Well, I want to say that, no, the show goes on. There's not a single excuse in the world to not have a lesson next week. It's the 10th of June. I'm coming back from Malaysia to, to go to that lesson, by the way, okay? Early. I could have this nice break, but no, I'm coming back. <laughs> break. I another break. How I is, one break. How many breaks did you want? Oh, yeah, two, only had one break in two days. One break in two days in the most difficult mission year ever. Honestly, this twenty three. The break two... is even a mission now. <laughs> <You> know... <laughs> oh, the, holiday a mission, the holiday was a mission. Listen, listen, Come on. Listen, <laughs> listen. Listen, listen, <laughs> listen. Listen, listen, listen. The break. Listen. Look it, look it. honey. Linda. Yeah. Linda. <laughs> Linda. Linda. <laughs> Linda. Listen. Listen to it. Listen. Listen. Listen to listen, listen. Look it. Listen lick it. Look at look it. Listen. Honey. <laughs> the greatest video in history, by the way. The greatest video in history, where they look at, look at, look at, look at, look at, honey, 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 Linda, 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 honey, listen, listen <laughs> to me, listen to me. But, 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 Linda, Linda, look it, flick it. Okay. It was a break for two days. In a tough year, yada. Guess me today, just missions. Digging and stone, budgeting, war, whatever. Look out for that behavior, bro. Anyway. Anyway. The show goes on we inshallah today we will complete kitab at or bab at we will start uh, a new bab Izalatun najasa and we will get headway into it next week inshallah and then we will launch our attack our plan attack on the rest of kitab at tahara and set up a two-day yani Jamboree and festival of LP and Bismillah MashaAllah, we shall start new year with a bang. I'll be buzzed for next year, yeah. New person, new style, new look. Same as last year. New, no 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 not, not same as last year. New library, new this, new that, new chapter, new vision. Oh, amazing upgrades on the internet the whatever that's called the website portal yevo blah 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 many many things no more empty promises okay shout out to you then okay then Shazada. by the way i'm, I'm going to KL I just want you to know yeah like tonight or tomorrow or something like that I don't even know I, I haven't even my ticket yet number one I in KL on Sunday I'm in. I'm doing Pesa by the way. Teaching Pesa next weekend. You know that, yeah? Anyone who's in Birmingham or in London, missed out in London. We're teaching Pesa for earning and spending on in Birmingham. I've got absolutely God knows and where, by the way. I've got no idea, but somewhere in Birmingham, it It's all the same. Just go past one concrete building to another one. Oh, right. Um, okay then. Bismillah. So, this whole chapter. Uh, no, Shaz. I think, yeah, it's uh, uh, down, isn't it? Shaz, no, down, yeah, there yeah, yeah, that's the one. No, no, yeah, it's description. Okay, the Arabic Shaz, what the the mu'alif says, the author says, Imam al hajawi alayhi rahmatullah rahmatan he says, that's the Arabic. So its description, the description of Tayamum now finally, after hearing and reading everything about it, now we can actually know what it actually is. Its description is number one, the intention for them to say Bismillah. Then hitting the dirt with both hands with fingers outstretched then wiping the face with both hands so not just one and wiping the back of the hands with the palms and lacing between the fingers so that is the humbly position of how to describe it let's quickly review that so an intention wudu ask bismillah that's wudu like and then hitting the dirt with both hands fingers outstretched wiping the face with both hands and wiping the back of the hands with the palms. So these are the palms. Wiping the back of the, the hands with the palms. And lacing between the fingers. This is according to the Hanbali Madhab. We want to see whether that stands up to academic scrutiny. Insha'Allah. So Imam uh, Sheikh Al-Uhtamin alayhi rahmatullah. On page 410 of Al-Mumti' He says that um, the description of course has to be uh uh, there i mean you know this is actually one of the rare times that something has been described in detail okay Um, and the reason is is because it is an act of worship an act of worship is based upon two corner pillars or two pillars number one sincerity for allah subhanahu wa ta'ala al-ikhlasu lillahi ta'ala and number two al-mutabaa linnabiyya sallallahu alayhi wa sallam the following of the prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in in that act. These are the two conditions for this act to be accepted. So, this is a very useful reminder. For any act of worship, ibadah, to be accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it needs to fulfill two conditions. The one has to be for the sake of Allah alone, not for the sake of other people, not because you're worried that they're looking at you, scared because they're going to catch you, that you're feeling the pressure, mm-hmm. praying for their sake, whatever, blah, blah, blah. That's the first thing. It has to be for Allah's sake. And the second, it has to follow the example of the Prophet ﷺ exactly. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. المتابعة, this following of the Prophet ﷺ, is not achieved. <laughs> That an act of ibadah is not following the Prophet unless it corresponds to six specific things. These six things must correspond, then it will be considered following in the act. What are they? Number one, a sabab. Number two, al jins. Number three, al qadr. Number four, al kafiyya. Number five, zaman Number six, Al-Makan. So let's go through this again. Number one, as Sab, the reason that you're doing it. Okay? The actual cause or the reason that you are doing that action. Number two, the جنس. meaning it needs to be of the same genus. Alright, this is a very, by the way. Uh, this is going to confuse a lot of people and I'm telling you now do not overthink this Okay, because this what we what we're talking about now is moving into that science called usulul fiqh Now so much more so much than the fiqh itself and usulul fiqh is its own entire science Okay, this is from the principles of a jurisprudence, which is a lot different which is difficult. It's the science of scholars frankly and uh, these are technical facts that will confuse and I don't want to give too much time unnecessarily to these uh, concepts because actually it's the conclusion which is more important than the manner of actually getting there. The scholars are really careful of making sure that people do not stray when they're following the Prophet sallallahu so they put down these things, which to be honest, sometimes a little bit too much, sometimes actually very, very astute observation, observations. But al The action must be of the correct genus. Number three, Al-Qadr. Al-Qadr. Who can have a guess what Al-Qadr means here? I say that because, of course, um, we are obviously, you know, a couple of days away from Ramadan, and for people, uh, uh, I mean, this is the way it is, isn't it? There are certain phrases and ayat and concepts that people don't even think about until Ramadan comes around. And now Ramadan has come around, people are now thinking of Qadr, al Qadr, and the word now becomes refreshed in the mind they will hear this surah many many times and they will recite it and every one of us will be looking for a little qadr insha'Allah so uh, what does qadr mean power is what we understand it to mean yeah what do you think it means here in a list in a list which has Sabab Jins Qadar kaifiya zaman makam which very quickly translated is the the, the say, for the same reason the same genus The how, the when, and the place. So what do you think Al-Qadr stands for? Nope. Nope. What was that? Quantity. Quantity. Where did that come from? How did you work that out? Yeah, cheeky little pack. I swear, what a blag. That's all they do. They sit there behind their computer just looking at people's answers. They're not frustrating a lesson at all. Yep, yeah, that's the correct answer online. It is quantity, okay? Amount. Huh? The amount. Al Qadr is the amount. Huh? And you remember that um, I explained the a Tafsir of Surah Al Qadr, Little Qadr, uh, Surah Al Qadr. And um, in there, I explained that one of the meanings of Qadr is amount, okay? So, one of the technical meanings, I mean, of Al Qadr is amount. Al Kaifiyah, number four, the manner, okay? The how, alright? So the manner you perform that action number five as zaman these are all parameters basically Do you understand what i'm saying these are all parameters which will restrict your action and if you tick all these boxes when you do your action then you are ensuring that you're doing the right action so number five is az zaman meaning the time like for example saying that i'm fasting ramadan in the month of dhul hijjah will be unacceptable as zaman means it must be in ramadan to be accepted as a fast of ramadan and then makan number six is the place this is only of course if an action fulfills these parameters so for example there is no makan for ramadan but for hajj there is a makan, right and love for example has no qadar what in ramadan it has 29 minimum 30 maximum days yeah and jins is really difficult I can't even think of an example so don't ask me alright and so on and so forth so you just got to if a certain action is clearly definable with certain parameters it's unique because <clears> of its reason it's unique because of its amount it's unique because of the place where it's done at it's unique because of the manner it's actually performed so the prayer for example is fundamental for us to pray and uh, to focus on the kafir of a salah because the nabi sallallahu wa has made it very specific that there is a physical description you understand okay so then, so you have these six things. a sabab Reason, Al-Jins, the, the genus, the type of the act of worship. Al-Qadr, the amount. Al-Kayfiya, the how, the manner. Number five, Al-Zaman, the time, the timing of the action, the, like, you know, in, in the year or whatever, or the time of the day, Fajr prayer, for example, before sunrise. And Al-Makam, the location of that action. These are six parameters which uh, uh, need to be Uh, 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 maintained and followed for an action to be considered have been followed of the Prophet ﷺ. And that's obviously only if they are applicable. So Imam sheik Al-Ihtameen, he goes, so uh, uh, an action of worship will not be accepted unless it has these six points. And that's why Mm -hmm. we need to describe an action such as wudu, such as salah, such as siyam. And now we're doing that with uh, tayammu. So the first one to make the intention now um, this is of course not a verbal intention this is one of the heart there is no specific formula you just say to yourself that i'm now making tiamm that's it you say to yourself okay and that is not a statement that you need to articulate verbally and it's not something that you need to stop and really kind of you know pause and even say internally you going up to some throb and about to hit it, hit it. You should be in your mind very clear that you're not gardening. That's basically what I'm saying. Yeah, and that's yani more true than than, than joke. Uh, let's say you're gardening, genuinely you're gardening, and you you know you're in there. That's why they call green fingers because you're doing that kind of very fine little bit of playing around, you know. And you're in the dirt. Imagine, okay. And at the same time, there is no water, and it's time for salah. The whole point that comes back to it uh, you know we've we discussed it when you're in a bath and I keep banging on about this okay that in nowadays when you're in a shower after a long day at work and you know that you need a shower anyway cuz you're dirty and sweaty when you're in there your mind completely goes when the water's flowing and you're thinking about cleaning yourself and you forget that, Oh, actually, you know what? I need to do it for Janabah as well. I need to do it for Jum'ah as well. Oh, I need to do it for Eid as well. I need to do it because I'm a, a Junub. Or whatever the reason is. So he needs that istihdar al-qalb, as we say. The presence of the heart to think about it. So that niyyah is important. Okay? And then you send me, You send me, Okay? This is good. He mentions. He names. You look in the Arabic. He doesn't say, say, Bismillah. He goes, and yanuya, thumma So yanwi he makes the intention. Then Yosami, he names. What he names, he means he makes the tesmiya. What does making the tesmiya mean? He says Bismillah, not Bismillah al rahim which is the Basmala. He says the Bismillah. He says the Tasmiyyah, which is to just say Bismillah which of course is a very strong point in the humbly madhab, As we covered in the chapter of wudu. they consider it ob- ob- obligatory. The majority of the scholars consider it to be sunnah. We will take it maybe as a ruling of sunnah. However, we will approach it, ihtiyatan, our safety, like it is obligatory. Okay, um, he said, Sheikh Uthameen, he says, the tasmiyyahuna to say bismillah is like the bismillah uh, in wudu it's like the bismillah in wudu okay same ruling same debates every single debate that you want to find out and refresh yourself of go back and look at the notes or that we covered bismillah in detail they all apply here and that's what that's a beneficial point sheikh Al-Tamin is saying that this is the mubaddal this is the replacement for the hukam of the of the asl and so everything is replaced everything is replicate The full debate concerning the legitimacy of Bismillah, why we say it, why we don't say it, should we do it, should we not do it, etc, etc. It is following the same ruling. So, Bismillah itself is a requirement according to the Hanabila, and as I said to you before, we should practice it like it's obligatory in ruling. It is a sunnah according to the majority of the scholars and that's the class position. Okay, But still, as I said, practice wise, you practice it like it is obligatory as per the madhhab Position. Okay? And then he hits the turab, the dust. And he didn't say he hits the earth, the ground. He didn't say he hits the ground. He didn't say al-ard. He said at turab Okay? Okay? Because, and Sheikh Rutaymin continues, he says, because as we saw, the Hanabila, the Madhab, is that they, they actually condition it to be. Actual dirt or or dust. Yeah, they don't actually consider it to be the floor Okay, and what did we say? What did we say? We said it could be anything it doesn't have to be actually the Turab itself. It is actually the floor anything that can Yani is a surface Wall or the floor or or whatever, okay, and Sheikh withmin he says it is more correct to say sayW arm and or or he goes that actually what 's more accurate is to say that he should hit the earth, whether the earth is uh, made of dust or sand or stones, what the predominant surface is, so we covered this before we said that the the tayammum is going to be valid whatever the nature of the actual surface is it's about it being the surface and I said to you before that if a person can't reach the earth then it's acceptable to strike the wall okay a wall is also a a physical surface uh, um, uh, a natural surface now you might say to me okay what if I am in uh, مثلا I'm next to an artificial wall you know uh, Mm. uh, wooden wall for example yeah Wooden wall out of laminated planks or something like that. Obviously, we're becoming very kind of hypothetical, but I would not feel comfortable with that scenario, even though technically there's dust on there, and then your job would be done if there is dust on there. But when people say you're to hit a wall, what they're saying is that the wall is an extension of a natural ground. It doesn't have to be dirt and muddy and whatever. According to our position, it's about the fact that it is a surface, natural surface, with natural kind of uh uh natural either dust or sand or whatever it is or rock or brick or plaster and so these are natural floor surfaces as well so it's a transfer of that and any kind of wall that you uh strike okay i'd have no problem with absolutely uh uh uh, that's the reality because once you put plaster on it it starts then to uh, hold dust okay even after you paint it it starts to hold dust but the principle is the floor the principle is the floor. I'm saying that that Yani you shouldn't just em- immediately go for the uh, wall with both his hands. بيديه. okay, be with both his hands. al The faraj there needs to be gaps, okay? Uh, fingers outstretched. A mutaba'ida fingers away from one another. Why? According to the uh, Hanbalis. So that the dust can go in between them. Because Al Fuqaha Yarona al Wajh Wal Kafain Huna وَلِذَلَكَ قَالُوا Mufarrajati Al Asabi'. Wal Ahadith Al صلى and Al Nabi Sallallahu the Fuqaha, the they want is to go in between the fingers because these will be the ones that will effectively wipe the face. They want to cover the entire area. However, Shaykh Uthaymin says that the hadith which have been narrated from the Prophet in the manner of tayammum have never shown the stretching of the fingers. He never emphasized it. They never saw it. The companions, when they saw the Prophet ﷺ did it, they he they did not say that he stretched out his fingers. He said that. Uh, basically he wants to say that there's no need to outstretch the fingers okay because the prophet ﷺ would have done so now i tell you something i know people that might be upset that i have not answered any questions on thingy i am waiting for my moment when i have my moment i'll go brrrr, and i'll answer all these questions but i do get to read them i do like to when i get a second get an idea what's going on and someone asked a really good question i think it was nila actually that asked this question uh, i saw it maybe one or two weeks ago uh, actually, I can't remember who it was, but I just think it was her. I'm not no sure. And she said that, um, Sheikh Uth Amin, in a previous point, also stated that uh, we will do, and I can't remember what the point was either, but it was, we do a certain action in the this way, because of the difficulty. Or, or because it's not meant to make things difficult. And we should be easy. And she's like, well, you know, there is no extra doing anything. You're, you're, you're striking the earth anyway. You're there anyway. You might be doing X. You might be doing Y. But you're not doing anything to increase the difficulty factor. And that's a really good point, actually. Because I, I, when, I, when I read it, I thought to myself, you know what? That's, a, I, 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 there, that's right. There is no extra uh, perceived difficulty. And the, uh, the same criticism could be put here. Sheikh Amin is saying, okay... I yani, easy man, why are you making a mission for? That's basically what he's saying. He goes, this deen, this purification process is based mabniyatun على, تسا- على تسهيل It is based and built upon ease. Clearly, if the water is missing and we're saying go on then strike the earth and we're saying strike any earth of any surface, we're making things easy for the people. And so he's following that through. The question or the criticism could be, is he following it through a bit too much? When he says, oh, they want us to open up the fingers, come on, man, keep it easy. Keep the yeah, yeah. It's like almost to say that if you were to open up the fingers when you strike, you're causing difficulty. And I think there's a point there. I, ha- I think that's about a criticism. I don't think there's any difficulty. Is there really? The logical answer to her point is that, okay, there's no physical difficulty, but we're trying to look for something that's not there. She'll say, okay, you're looking for something that's not there, but even that looking that your thing does not change the action in any material way. By mentioning it. You're we're, we're bringing it, yeah. You're something else correct, correct. You're something else, correct, correct. I, I agree. I think the technical answer stands by itself. That even us discussing this is a waste of time, waste of effort, waste of resources. You know what I'm saying? Us thinking about it and whatever. Keep the issue simple. I mean, you know if we were to, uh, teaching this in like a very formal way, I'd say strike it and move on. Now when you say do we strike it with the fingers like this and outstretched like that and, whatever, and I'm having to talk and think and go back and look and research and whatever whatnot and I say to myself, well like to be honest, I remember the hadith and I do not remember anything about mentioning the fingers But and that's what I remember and now I have to go back and check everything and realize and see, no I was right first time around, no, never a single narration of the fingers outstretched. So maybe this is the point that Sheikh Uthamin is getting to, just to keep it simple, Prophet ﷺ said, strike it, so just follow him and strike it. He didn't say fingers outstretched, blah 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 blah. It's not about a perceived physical difficulty. Make, keeping it easy means keeping it simple. Huh? And not going anywhere where there's no need to. So, the class position is against the position of the madhab. You do not need to outstretch your fingers. Just, it's okay, just to normal. Normal. And this actually, we will cover this in Salah as well. How much were the fingers of the Prophet sallam, outstretched? You will see that some people, when they learn how to pray, they really take it so much, so far, that when they're in sajda, they want to know the distance between each finger and so on and so forth. Now, I'll tell you something interesting, which I will be covering, obviously, in detail in Kitab as Okay, It's going to be a big, big chapter, obviously, for us, and a lot, a lot of stuff will come out. But this has a lot to do with our upbringing, especially as Pax, especially. Because, and I, I cover this a lot in Fiqh as a lot. Um, uh, uh, I cover this concept about uh, um, why is it that our Western pack kind of mentality and just Pak mentality gets very, very specific about certain things and introduces <coughs> certain moves, ideas, concepts which you can't really remember to be part of the sunnah. For example, in the, and again it's very much linked to Pak. so therefore the Hanifi Madhab, because that's the dominant yeah, school of the Paks, and you know we stand with our feet in certain manner with this many finger gap between the two feet and this many gap between the others. When we stand for our salah and hold our hand, it's not right hand on left hand, but it is right on left with a little finger and the circle encircling the uh, 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 wrists in an exact manner, three fingers on top, exactly like that. So much so that you are programmed into never holding your hand except in this kind of manner. Okay. Now, you say that once you get used to it, you become used to it. It's like very normal. But actually, it's not really, is it? I mean, if you say to to put right on left, okay, then it's like this, or it could be like this, or like this. It's a relaxed kind of reaction. But when you say put right on left, and you're following the Hanafi school, it's right on left, in circle, three fingers, etc. So why is that? Well, there's a need in the madhab, almost, to be so super specific from its people who are and this is controversial but you know we'll come to this in this right time not natural to the language or to the culture or whatever and they want to be very 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 exact in the things that they do because they are very dependent upon the ritualistic aspect of the worship because to make up for their uh, almost kind of freestyle lack of freestyle ability to be able to connect with that worship and this is like i said a detail point which we will discuss so this is the kind of thing that they will focus on you know, the fingers should be far away, whatever. No, our approach of the Sunnah one will be much, much more relaxed. Just strike it. Just put your right upon your left. Raise your hands. Don't have to be exactly like this. Raise your uh, hands and etc, etc, etc. It's like a much different approach. So, that's that. Uh, يَمْسَحْ wa uh, بِبَاطِنِهَا bi uh, rahatayhi And so he, the Baatin, the Zahir and Baatin, just so again back to the Arabic, these are your hands. Okay. Zahir means external and Baatin means internal. So with the hands, the Baatin are the palms, the palms inside and the Zahir are the outside. So it's a wiping of the face with the internal, with the inside of the hands. okay? Um, how would you translate it? Hitting the dirt with both hands with fingers outstretched, wiping the face with both hands, and wiping the back of the hands with the palms. Um, what's that? Wiping the face with both palms, you know? No, uh, yeah, I think uh, uh, the. <coughs> The translation is not good, so يمسح وجهه Bibatini with both palms? With both palms. Have I got palms? This is cool palms, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Why am I not translating? Why do I not feel comfortable with this translation? Let me just read the Arabic and you, you guys put me out here. Okay. He hits the earth with his two hands, fingers outstretched. يمسح يمسح he wipes. His face with its inside, Yani <coughs> of the hands, which is the palms. So the translation should, should be wiping the face with... The وَكَفَّيْهِ وَكَفَّيْهِ بِرَاحَتَيْهِ the kef is the rest of the hand. Okay, the rest of the hand, all right, this is the kef. بِرَاحَتَيْهِ Inside of the hands again. The رَاحَتَيْهِ the, 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 the is two palms. Yes, yeah, so wiping the face with both palms and wiping the back of the hands with the palms and the between the fingers. It's just you put your hands instead of palms. sorry okay this is my mistake I've now realized why I didn't feel right okay actually the way that the 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 the, 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 fa- the faithful translation of the Arabic of this text should be as follows wiping the face with the inside of the fingers meaning referring to this part here so this part. Okay? In contradistinction to then wiping the hands with the palms. Is that clear? My apologies, okay? I had a blonde moment, hardcore. Alright? Apologies to any blondes. Sorry, box. So a So we oh, come on man so the thing so actually the uh uh if you look at the uh and you'll see actually i forgot the reasoning for it and now that i've just uh i've just read down i remember the reasoning now okay um remember uh remember the whole discussion about the hanbalis and actually or the Madahib of, of dividing water into how many uh, types? Three types. What are they? Tahir Oh No, no. First one is Tahur which means what? Pure and purifying. Tahir which means pure but not purifying. can will do with it. But you can drink it. You can do something else to it. And Najas. Yes? And what did we say? They apply the same ruling to? We covered this a couple of weeks ago. We said they apply the same ruling to dirt. Okay? And what did we say? That these things can only be of two states. They are pure and purifying and they are najis. Yes? So the idea is, is that if we are not exact here, this is what the Hambly School is saying, if we are not exact and we say wipe the face with the hands and wipe the hands with the hands, then you will wipe your hands with dirt which has already been used Do you understand so if you have just struck the floor with your hands okay so this is the earth for example just like a, a, a plan view plan view this is the floor and you strike okay yeah so what happens you make contact where on outstretched fingers and palms so this is now a dusty hand a dusty hand which is covering from the bottom, up of the wrist, all the way to the fingers. All covered in now dirt. The Hanbalis want to make sure that a certain aspect of this hand is not used twice in the purification process. Otherwise, it will be used. Remember, what did we say? How How did the Madhab differentiate between Tahur and Tahir? Because from the physical, there's no difference. If I said to you, here is some water and it is Tahur... And I said, here is some water. it is Tahir. There's no difference, actually. It's exactly the same. So what did they say? They said it's a spiritual difference, right? They said that it's used, it's been used in something already. The spiritual point is hukman, it was used in purification, it can't be used again, one time only. We said there's no evidence for that. So therefore, what they say is that because you've got no dusty hands, when you wipe your face, you wipe your hands with your, you wipe your face with your fingers like this. So watch me here. So you do this. And you haven't used your hands, and now you wipe the hands, rest of the entire hand using the palms. So dust got used here for the face, hand, palms got used. You understand that? That's their rationale. Yeah, over the top. Of course it's over the top. That's exactly Shaykh al says. Where's the evidence for that? We saw the Prophet strike the thing with both hands and wipe the face and wipe the hands. We didn't see him bend his fingers out, only use his fingers. We didn't see him. You know, and, and, and this is important. These are important lessons because the companions don't forget. They don't miss a trick. And this deen, the Prophet ﷺ, is super specific when he wants to be. This is not an issue of laziness. If the Prophet ﷺ wants us to do something specific, he tells us. He could have said, you know, you know what, you've just woken up. And I know that Fajr is really late and sunrise mm-hmm. is about to happen. He could say, I'll go on and pray anyway. Because you made the effort, isn't it? You know? You made the efforts. You might. No, the Prophet still said that sunrise is sunrise rises amongst the the the, the 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 horns of the devil and that's a cut off point. I don't care how much great any job you did waking up so early, you that's such a time gone. there are technical aspects to the religion, it has parameters, it has rules. And so when the Prophet wants to be specific, he's specific. And when he's not specific, it's because he doesn't want to be specific. It's not because he forgets, or he's like he just wants people to kind of take it in a lax way. No, the matter is a simple one: strike, wipe, uh, wipe the face, wipe the hands. All right. Okay. So Sheikh here says, you know, he he covers this. He goes, this is all based upon the idea. This whole division of the hand into two parts, wiping the face with the fingers and then wiping the hands with the palms, because he doesn't want, the do not want the palms to touch the face, because that would then make the dust on the palms used, and then when you then wipe with your hands, it would become used. And used is the, buzz, the key word, used is what changes something from, ta, from ta, Tahur to Tahir, that's what it does, okay? Um al as you can imagine, goes straight in. This is Yani a a differentiation which is based upon a weak principle, no evidence for it. In actual fact the evidence is exactly against this. the Hadith of Ammar, which is the main one that tells us about Tayyamun, he wiped his face with his two hands. tafsid. Didn't give any details or any differentiation. You will wipe your face with your hands. You will wipe your hands with your hands. You will not need to differentiate and compartmentalize your fingers or anything like that. Next. And then And he will interlace between the fingers. Interlock or interlace? Interlace, yeah? Go and do the whole thing. And where does that come from? In our wudu we do that yes to make sure what happens that it's wettened yeah water gets everywhere sunnah to do with the feet little finger okay to go through this was narrated from the companions and so on and so forth here the hanbali scholars they are actually bringing in this as a matter of wujub. so they say it's obligatory to actually go in between the fingers okay <coughs> Uh, did I just say wujul? Uh, sorry. And in the I beg your pardon. In the wudu, when you're making wudu, it is mustahab. It is mustahab. It is only recommended to go through it with water. Why is it only recommended? Because it's gonna happen anyway. That's why. Okay? <laughs> the 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 doing it of the thing the doing with it of the fingers is just to make sure. But the reality is, is that once you put your hands in water or once you pour water over your hands it is very likely to go everywhere because that's the nature of water. It just moves all over the place. And so the, the uh, interlacing is something which is not necessary because it's probably going to be covered anyway, feet and hands. However, they consider it obligatory in tayammum because the nature of dust is not like that. Dust is only going to go to where you make it go. So they want you to actually spread that dust into, in between your fingers so that your fingers become this kind of complete... Purifying kind of tools Okay Does that make sense? Okay What do we say Shaykh Uthameen says naqul walaw sunnah That to to, to, to to force people to make تَخْلِيل This interlacing Even though the act of interlacing Is sunnah Okay Because the Prophet ﷺ Did it with his fingers The Prophet ﷺ Did it with the beard Okay We know all about this Well To be honest fihi nazar. I think يعني, there's more to it than meets the eye. That's what فِيهِ another means. Okay? لَأَنَّ الْرَسُولُ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ فِي حَدِيثِ لَمْ يُخَلِّ الْأَصَابِعَهُ In the hadith of Ammar, he never interlaced his fingers. He explained exactly what happened. يعني, uh, Ammar explained exactly what happened. He just hit the floor, wiped his face, and he wiped his hands. He did not make interlacing between the fingers. Now, if it is said... If it is argued, someone's scholar says, no, no, no. It doesn't matter if the Prophet ﷺ didn't say, here, it's covered in the other hadith, the hadith of Laqit ibn Sabra. Okay, the famous hadith, which is, wa <laughs> wa This hadith, of course, the famous one, authentic hadith, where the Prophet ﷺ said, perfect your wudu, <laughs> يعني, overcompensate in your wudu. Perfect it, make sure you do it properly. and interlace between the fingers. Wa and exaggerate in your استنشاق. You know your rinsing of your nose and your mouth. Uh, yani we discussed this in wudu. There's no comparison between you know proper pack way of you know, smack it all out. Snuff it in, snuff it all up. And you know, you know like the modern Logani. <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, the Modern man. Huh? Very gentle, misquine. He's like, you know, just put a little bit of water in his nostrils and just little finger, just touch touch. Yeah, that's enough now. Yeah, huh? and, and uh, 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 obviously the water as well. You know, just a little bit. You know, like do it like my dad does, which is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. next door neighbors wake up. <laughs> next door neighbors wake up. They call the neighborhood watch. Yeah, what's happening? What's going on? Please come round. There's a disturbance here, sir. Easy plot. So, anyway. um, (laughs) So, obviously, uh, this hadith is in its place. And it's correct because, of course, it's covering the entire details of the thing. So, what what are they saying? They're saying that, there you go. The hadith has already established that when you're making wudu, you must interlace between fingers. You must exaggerate in this. You must exaggerate in that. Well, Sheikh Uthameen, he says, no, this is clearly about water. And this is about dust. You cannot compare. We don't even have istan shaq. We have nothing where we blow into our nose or sniff up into our nose or sniff out. You can't make the comparison. There's no direct comparison between this hadith and so on. So he goes, therefore, fi I have something in my heart against this idea that it is recommended um, to make tayammum, uh, to make a, a, a tahleel in tayammum. I'm not happy with the idea. He's basically saying, and my reasons are two. Number one, I, it's not been narrated from the Prophet. Muhammad. Okay, it's not been narrated from the Prophet Number two, I like this statement. He goes, "Tayyamum intrinsically is built upon ease and kind of like concession and kind of like you know taking it easy and a solution in a difficult scenario. So why are we making it more difficult and more detailed and bringing all these scenarios in? It's the concession to to the it is the concession to an act of worship." It's clearly been made so... It, yani what he's trying to say, and I like this, okay, he goes, listen, let's just stop here for a second. He's saying that, you know when you're saying that, you know, make takhleel, listen very carefully to this part. He goes, you know when you're saying we're gonna make takhleel, and whatever, these are the same people who say that when you wipe the face, you should also put your fingers through the beard. Okay? Now, hold on. If it's water, it makes sense because it's clean, it's, It cleans. Mm-hmm. Dust ain't cleaning nothing. So, dust is not cleaning. Right? This is a spiritual process. All right, a spiritual process which is not actually going to do anything for your fingers or your beard, and so we don't. You know, we do it as a as, a, as an act of worship. Not as, as actually thinking that the dust is some kind of new age kind of cleansing agent, you know? And so it's got to get everywhere, it's got to get here, it's cleaning the fingers and so on and so forth, okay? He says, look at this, understand. He gives some examples here to finish off the chapter, which is good. He goes, when you, when you clean with water in Janaba, you must encompass the entire body the entire body with water that's why you have to uh, you know that's why you have to interlace and get in between gaps and poke around here and there so water covers everything every piece of sweat dirt has had water gone on top of it you know it's a full complete thing whereas in Tiammum it's only two limbs it's your hands and your face so you can't compare between the two and um And he goes it's not obligatory to get the uh trab to the skin you know if we said before that if a person has a light beard what has to happen when they're making wudu has to get it to the skin has to rub it if he has a lot of hair a beard then the only thing which is obligatory is to get the uh, hair wet yeah because it's not possible to stand there uh, you know and separate the hair each time and get water to every single part and the idea is that once you've kind of washed, the water's got everywhere. And then I'll just do my, you know, my takhleel. Alright? Whereas if it's only like very thin, then this is, this is... You can see the skin clearly. And so the water should actually wet the skin itself. Because it's not the case with trab. Trab is just the, the, the wiping of the external. It's literally the wiping of the external. Okay? Um, by the way, just in, uh, your, your, just in case you're wondering... The beard is part of the wiping. No takhleel. Okay, for men, when you're making tayammum and you're wiping the face, the face means everything which is upon the face as well. Alright, so it would mean, therefore, the beard as well. So, okay. Um, he there's no madmadah, no istin no rinsing of the mouth, and so on and so forth. So don't think he. Anyway, he goes, so in conclusion, the correct position is what? He goes, the correct position is that we restrict ourselves, this is the words he used. We restrict ourselves to that which is apparent from the Prophet. He goes, and following the apparent in rulings is the same as following the apparent in creed, in aqeedah unless the evidence insists that we go further. So we take things upon as apparent and it's literal. We don't delve unless the evidence insists that we delve or go into detail. This is a really interesting point, okay? Because if you look historically and you see where the people they differed and deviated actually in Aqidah. it's because they went too far in. And they got the whole kind of, they got bitten by the whole kind of Roman Romo Roma, no, Greco-Roman Roma, Greco, Bug Yes Of having to go too much And try to understand This, that And make it all fit With rationale Whatever You're speaking about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Crying out loud Yeah You're speaking about The extraordinary How are you understanding Anything about his Descent from as We say he descends In a manner which Befits his majesty We don't need to get Into the philosophical debate Of or Descending from where you're saying, therefore, that he has to be high. So, if you're saying that he's high, that means you're restricting him to a place. Allah is the unrestricted. Why are you saying Allah is restricted to uh, there? Why are you saying that Allah is above His throne and keeping Him above His throne? It's like you're keeping a being above His throne. He is beyond being. You're being anthropomorphic, and so on and so forth. And that's yeah. And they need that. They need that. They want the, those those details. We say Allah Subhanahu wa Taala see, said, He is above His throne, so, he went above his throne. He is above the heavens. The heavens are above us. He comes down. Nezel. Yanzi. Yani comes down. We don't need to go into the details of how and manner and amount and this and that. That's the Aplidah Sunnah. We take the apparent without having to go in unless we say. I was reading today. Yesterday? Yesterday. The article name is Hadran Collider opens the data tap. That's the name of the uh, 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 article. I oh, thought, hello. Let's have a look at this. I've got this interest in the hadron collider because a person that I know is um no actually uh, our, our LP uh, boy what's his I think um Sameed? Yeah? He's a Swiss boy. He's a part of that uh, CERN team as well, isn't he? He's a he's our LP student and he he came to the retreat as well. Actually, uh what's his name? Another guy as well. He's involved in the whole uh, process. And so I just have an interest in it. I know it's a science background. You like it. They turned on... They're 100 meters underneath, you know, the surface. And they're like knocking... They're doing all kinds of crazy big Bang kind of, you know... You've, I'm sure you've read all about it. You know, reproductions creating energy and conditions and crazy amounts of smacking and battering neutrons against protons, against Higgin, Higgin bosons and God knows what Higgin blah blah, God particles, XYZ, whatever... They are trying, and the reason they're doing this, is to try and find evidence of the presence of things they know they can't see or find. So they're actually, they've got calculations in place, knowing that, for example, they're looking up at... Uh, 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 what's the... Black matter? What's the, what's, the, what's the... Dark matter. Huh? Dark matter. Dark matter. Yani, the absence of anything... They want to reproduce these fig- uh, this kind of reality, and they know that it's made of like a, a Guilio phrases, which are not even new. They're, they're, they're new, and they're applying it to something which they've never been able to decide what it is and what it, whether it exists and its size. But they believe it has to be there because there's proof that it was there. And they don't want. They know they're not going to find it, but they're going to find evidence of it being there. Yeah, and I'm saying that if you want to take this stuff. Life and existence, and physics and creation to Allah created a system that will allow you to keep going and keep going and keep going and keep going. You will never stop, you'll, you'll destroy your mind. Allah is outside of the, the details, <coughs> genuinely, the devil's in the details. There's a, there's a limit. The Muslim will say, You know what? That's sick, man. That's quality. I'm down with that. Allah created an amazing system. He's the creator and that's it. These people, they paid hundreds and billions of pounds to create this system just to try and find something which they know they can't actually find. It's one aspect part of one aspect of science of one aspect of the universe of one aspect of creation. Yani, what about the rest of it? Yani, honestly, it's mind-blowing. So, I'm saying, this is a really important point that he says, we follow the zahir in the unless we have to. لكن, uh, however, let me make it clear. That to follow the apparent, the literal, the obvious in creed is even more emphasized than following it in fiqh, in rulings. لِأَنَّهَا أُمُورْ غيبيا, Because these are matters of the غَيْب, these are matters of the unseen when it comes to the creed. You're believing in statements and things that you never can ascertain by scientific method or by the empirical mind or by academic inquiry. It's from the unseen. There's لا مجال فيها. There's no space for the logic to try and work it out. There's no space. لا مجال there's no, there's no place for the أقل to start trying to work it out. al الأحكام, unlike rulings, which is all about أقل, common sense things here and there, certain few things are an exception, but most of it is based upon logic and common sense and this and that. And that's why he says, فَإِنَّ الْأَقْلِ يَدْخُلُ فِيهَا أحيانا. Sometimes you can use the aqal. You can logically understand past. Others you can't. Like this dust. It's a, it's a worship. It's a worship. Okay? Uh, فَالْكَيْفِيَّ عِنْدِي أَلَّتِي تُوَافِق السُنَّةِ So therefore, in conclusion, the manner of, of تَيَمْمُ بَالْأَرْضِ بِيَدَيْكِ ضَرْبَةً بِلَا One slap of the earth with no stretching out of the fingers. And then wipe your face with your palms, the inner part of your hands. And then wipe your two hands with each other. And that's kayyam. That's it. No differentiation fingers, no arms, no X, no Y, whatever. One final thing Sheikh Uthameen adds. He said, it is a sunnah to blow into the hands. It's a sunnah to blow into the hands. Because as it's been narrated, from the Prophet وسلم, that he did that. Hmm. Uh, 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 and that hadith we covered, I think, what, last week or what, uh, a couple of weeks ago? Nuritiba uh, Bukhari, okay? In the chapter of the one, the Mutayyamim, the one who making tayammum, does he blow into his hands or not? Okay? Some of the scholars, they said that this hadith is restricted to what? What does it mean? Guess? Common sense? This action of blowing into the hands is restricted to what? In cases of? Lots of dirt. Huh? Lots of dirt. Correct. That is only to be applied if there is a lot of dirt or dust. Because the intention here behind the is not to plaster yourself in dirt. So they said that, you know, the Prophet ﷺ when he did that, this is obviously their own rationale they're saying that the prophet when he did this he did it because there was too much that had been collected on his hands and the idea not to cake yourself in dirt yeah and so that's Yani. that's okay that, that's possible and I, I have to say that i believe that as well i don't think that the blowing is part of the spiritual act i think the blowing is the sunnah to basically emphasize to us that listen it's not about getting dust everywhere whatever whatnot. in actual fact it's the exact opposite if there is a lot of dust in your hands We've seen the propeller. It blow away the dust. You know what I'm saying? So just strike it. Don't worry about having to get fully any spread and cover when you strike your surface. Strike easy, wipe easy. Off you go. Do you All right. So that was good. I was going to start the next chapter, but I don't know. And uh, uh, on just general thing, yeah. You said he was going to do the benefits of a time. And then, Oh ah, okay. Okay okay. All right. Yeah maybe yeah maybe we we'll, we we'll, we'll, maybe we will not go ahead then with uh, the next uh, chapter just now then, and keep it complete. We'll do Q and A uh, on this ch- uh, lesson. We'll do Q and A now on the wider lesson, and uh, we'll just have you know some chit chat you know, covering any other issues and whatever up until Maghrib, which is at what, 28 minutes past 31. 31? Yeah. If you're a humbly, the young one's a mission. If you're humbly not, not just humbly, in the Hanafi school as well, actually most of the Zahib are like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, in terms of, you know, making it a mission. I mean, it doesn't turn, it's not a mission, mission, but I mean, it's very, very exact, I think, is the word that I, I'm looking for very exacting, you know, which is fine if there's evidence for it. But when there's no evidence, there's no need for us to push ourselves that way. You mentioned like facts, Are the ignorance that this day? I don't want to say that, I'm prepared to say all the ignorance, what I want to say is that they've got natural barriers to connecting in ways that other people find easier. You see this theory is flawed from the beginning. I'm big I'm a massive believer in this theory by the way. That madhabs suit certain mizaj. Okay? A person's mizaj is actually founded in a madhab. And what I wanna say is that certain ethnicity, race, language, geographical location, location seems to fit madhahib nicely. I could say like, you know, the Malaysians and that whole nation, that side, they seem to melt into the Shafi'i Madhab, you know, it just seems to fit them. Who's to say it's a chicken or egg scenario? What came first? You know what I'm saying? Did the method come first, or did the people come first? You know what I'm trying to say? Who melted into what? When you look at the Hanafis and the Pats, they are perfect match. The Hanafi school goes into all these kind of random details, and that's exactly what you see from Pats. You're know, always thinking or focusing on you know things. I mean, from a very unfair and wrong point of view we would say they focus on all the irrelevant things. That's not right to say that, but um, I was having this discussion with, with uh, Isa earlier on. You know, all his mates at school are saying to him, hey, did you do Shabbarat last night? Did you do Shab-e-Barat last night? Yeah? That's what we remember from our childhood as well. That's what we remember even now. Most non-practicing people don't mention Islam at all throughout the entire year until Shab-e-Barat comes, right? The irony is not lost upon you. Sharabarat, yani, first of all, some scholars said bid'ah. Some scholars said it is fabricated. Some said it is a sunnah, which is the very minority. In fact, hardly anyone. And some said that it's permissible because some of the salaf did it, which is the position of Ibn Taymiyyah. And I'm easy, I'm chill on the whole thing. I personally don't practice it. I think it's closer to bid'ah than it's not. But it's not, it's not a biggie. But I just want to say that there is a strong body of a, 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 a evidence, like you know, the one that I follow, is that it is not a sunnah act of the Prophet ﷺ at all. The hadith are not authentic on the matter. But the people, the nation, the Paks, okay, but then that's where the theory flaws because uh, uh, there are other, others outside the Pak, Indo-Pak kind of nation, Arabs as well, that really go for it as well. It's just an a, a idea that they focus on something of the irrelevant. Of course, it's not, no act of worship is irrelevant, mm-hmm. but compared to Fajr, it's irrelevant, man. One Fajr in a year compared to, Yani know, making uh, uh, Tahajjud on this night, hoping that you are saved, there's no comparison, <laughs> A thousand Shabarad cannot equal one Fajr missed. A thousand shabarat all night is not equal to one Fajr missed or one Isha missed or X, Y, Z. <clears throat> it's the nature of people that do not connect to the religion naturally to focus on details which are irrelevant in the bigger picture. And that is a very, a very harsh kind of appraisal, but I'm saying that this human nature is something that we will recognize as packed behavior, right? And lo and behold, they have a madhab which... It kind of services out their needs. And that's just not the, hand of the method. that's actually all the madhaib. I'm just saying that you will see certain kind of congruence yani, when you study it in a, in, a, in, a, in a thingy way. But I don't want to talk about this too much now because this is going to then because in fiqh al salah we're going to really uh, uh, you know go into this in the prayer aspect. What is? What is, hmm. what is Shababarat? The uh, hadith uh, Shababarat is the paq uh, Urdu version uh, uh, the night of the uh, the night of the middle of Shaaban so the 15th night, the halfway uh, 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 period between the month of Shaaban which is what we're in now, a few days left before Ramadan, the 15th night, one should make du'a and pray on this night in the hope that they will be forgiven by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The hadith says that on this night, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives those people on the earth, every single person other than those that are, uh, unless they are people who are arguing and fighting amongst one another, have haqqad in their hearts, and frees the most amount of people from the hellfire. This hadith is a lot of weakness. And I don't, I'm, not, I'm not saying that, I mean, that's a that's a scholarly point of view from across the madhahid. I was reading uh, something from Sheikh uh, Yunus, um, one of the uh, Indian the kind of muhaddithin. He said that both hadith, all hadith on the chapter are fabricated. He's a hadith scholar, alim. Yani, yani. So this is a cross madhab issue. It's not about madhab, it's about an academic matter. Where is, it, is it authentic? Is it not? Like I said, there's space for this practice. There's space. There's enough there to not criticize people who do it. But is it sunnah? The, the, the Prophet said, definitely never did anything. We don't have any evidence for that, neither do the companions anyway we get to sidetracked um what other the questions that we have on this chapter specific anything on tm what's online uh we said that the class position if one is in salah and the reason for the is gone then we should break salah and make a proper looking better uh, looking back say that again say that again we said that the class position is, is that if you are in the prayer And the reason for the is gone, then we should break salah and make Wudu proper. Because the water comes back on, the water becomes thingy. We said that the safest position is this. And we said that, of course, the difficulty of saying the safest position is that here is a bit difficult because the safest position theoretically would be to maintain your obligation. Because remember, we said that if you're praying, just to give you an example, just to make this example clear. If I'm praying my dhuhr prayer at home, obligatory dhuhr prayer at home, and someone knocks on the door. Okay? And this is a person that you've been waiting all day for. It's the delivery guy. Now your waswasa is that what what? Break the prayer or speed up the prayer? Yeah, that's the waswasa, isn't it? That's the pressure that you feel upon yourself. Yeah? And if you fear Allah, you're gonna say to yourself, you know, that's not allowed. It's an obligation, can't break it. Do you agree? You feel that the safe position. the dilemma is to what? Stay in your obligation. Now what we said is that if we have made Tiyamun because the water is gone, suddenly the water turns on whilst you're in the prayer and someone says to you the safest position is to break your prayer and make and use the water because the water has come, it's a very strong argument to respond to that person and say no brother the strongest position is to maintain your obligation and not break it. I really liked, you know, it was a really beneficial point. For students of knowledge, it was a really good point there. About, basically we could have entitled that as an essay, A Critical Analysis of al ahwat A Critical Analysis of the so-called, the safest position. Because we need to be able to critical. Because, you know, people can just go and get carried away and say, You know what, safest position. I'm always talking about safest position. I'm a big fan of that. Okay? But you need to know that the safest position, the safest position has limits. And that is its limit. We talked about the limit with Asr, about delaying it. There's a limit there. Because yes, you might say, well, Shafi Asr starts early, Hanafi Asr starts late, if I pray at the later time, I've definitely caught Asr. Makes sense to say that, doesn't it? Yeah. But however, we, as we said, the more you delay Asr, you fall into the tilka salatul munafiq, tilka salatul munafiq, the hadith of Abdullah ibn Umar in Sahih Muslim. And Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said that the munafiq is the one who sits there, and he watches, and the sun goes down, 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 down. And down meaning setting. Remember, sunset is not Maghrib. This is not sunset. The original sunset is when it sets from Dhuhr. Sun goes up, 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 stops. Zawal, then da 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 da, da. This is sunset. This is the first sunset. And it's the whole afternoon. That's why it reaches the heat point maximum. Then it starts to get cooler, 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 cooler. The, 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 the color of the sun starts to change because the angle that it hits the light and twilight and the astro, uh, astrological, astronomical dust and whatever, the angle and refraction means the sun starts to take on a deeper color. Yeah, white, 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 yellow, 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 then orange, red, red, purple, and all that kind of thing because the angle it hits. Yes? So, sunset, and then sunset. So, this whole time, the Prophet described the person who doesn't pray Asr until the very last moments. And when the scholars said last moments, they said the last hour. Or they said, some said, when the shadow is two times. And then, you know, he quickly prays it before Maghrib starts. So, some ulema said, You're not allowed to delay the Asr. So, if you follow the position that you're not allowed to delay Asr, which is the correct position, no doubt, then to say the safest position is to delay Asr, so I definitely pray Asr, is not a safest position anymore, like we said last week. Now, for example we're going to be using that whole latest uh, we're going to be we're going to be using the whole safest position argument a lot in Ramadan. Okay? Ramadan starts in 2 weeks. Okay? On the 17th or 18th of 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 June, alhamdulillah. On the 17th or 18th of June it's going to start. We are bang in the middle of the fitna of the twilight disappearing not disappearing. You will see people who when they start their their, their fast time Outside, they're not going to be able to tell, is it morning? Is it not? Should I stop stop eating at 1 o'clock? Should I stop eating at 4 o'clock? Whatever. And then they're going to be asking themselves a question as well. Should I pray at 1 o'clock? My mufti has said this, and the article says that, and the video Sheikh so-and-so says that we should pray at 1 o'clock. And you know that sunrise is at half past 4 or 4 o'clock or whatever. So how are we going to deal with this? Well, I'll tell you how we're going to deal with it. You're going to apply the safest position. The safest position rule is going to work here. There's no criticism of the safest position rule here. Because we know that if you stop eating a bit earlier, that's safer. And if you pray later, that's safer. That's why uh, uh, in this masjid and many other masajids, I have been very much against, because you know what happens in Ramadan, as we all know, around the country, around the world, the fajr time is made earlier. Sunnah only applies in Ramadan time, right? So the fajr, Fajr time is made earlier because people they said, but wait for anyway. Let them, yani, come to the masjid, pray, and go back to work or go to sleep to get to. Makes sense. I'm down for that. But the pressure of making an early fajr versus making people pray at a time where it's clearly not fajr, that's unacceptable. But that pressure is real for trustees and masajid, yani, responsible people. The, the mass congregation put a lot of pressure upon them because they're like, wait, hold on. Alright, our masjid is is praying uh, one hour before sunrise. Which is a whole half hour later than Shah Jalal or Shah Poran or insert name of your mosque. Yep. And you're thinking that's an extra half an hour sleep I can get. So I'm going to go to, you know, next masjid. Pray bang on the start time and whatever. And what am I saying? I'm saying go outside. And the light that you're looking at outside is the exact same light that you've been seeing for the last three hours. From one o'clock, two o'clock, three o'clock. It's the same. So tell me what what started Fajr. However, I say to the guy, wait half an hour and now look outside. So he waits half an hour and he looks outside and it's a clear difference in light. It's a real definite Fajr. Now when you pray, at least your heart is is at ease. I'm definitely praying Fajr in Fajr time. Sunrise is protected. We've still got yani a good yani half hour or whatever before the sun rises. Good Fajr time. So, in Ramadan, we'll be following this principle as well of stopping eat, eating a little bit earlier than normal, praying later than normal. That's all. We'll right down to one minute. And so, Shizad Saleem, S- 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 he will be eating without with uh, S- with okay. Sheikh. With okay. okay, Shizad Saleem and his Sheikh, okay? Sheikh Kihlan, his Sheikh, yeah? <laughs> they will be eating right until, God knows, the last second. And praying in that last second as well because they're chillers. We're special royalty, we're simple people. yeah. <laughs> we, we make it easy for people. Actually, Sheikh is a, a little bit more courageous than I am. Yes, Sheikh is, yeah, masha'Allah, Tabarak Allah. Allah. Sheikh is, yeah, masha'Allah. If you want to read, obviously, <laughs> the narrations on this track, this issue are very interesting. We've written about that on, online. You can go and do your search. Type in, you know, Fajr Abu Isa, Kihlam, or whatever, you see the article. There are narrations from the companions. Hatta Abu Bakr al-Siddiq, that his servant said to him, Hey, can't you see the, the light? He said, just stand <laughs> here. <laughs> just stand here. Because the ruling is based upon where I see the light or not. If you see the attitude of the companions to this matter, you will become Haryan, yani, you know? You'll think, oh my God, how is that possible? You know what I'm saying? You know? Um, but there's deep... You think that that's kind of playing with the deen. al uh, Siddiq playing with the deen? al Siddiq uh, doesn't play with the deen. And it's actually deep fiqh here, actually. I mean, the way I described it, it seems like, you know, really... kind of harami kind of behavior, you know? That the, the, the sun rises, the, the, the dawn has occurred, and he's blocking the light, okay? That's what you read from the outside, and we laugh. Actually, it's something much deeper is happening. If the fajr has started... And the servant says, I think Fajr has started. I think Fajr has started. What that servant is saying is that, I think, meaning it's not confirmed. Otherwise, I would see it as well. There doesn't need to be, for me, it's dark. Everywhere I look is dark. And he's outside looking and whatever, whatnot. Fajr should be something which everyone knows ah, Fajr is in. Like Maghrib. Maghrib is in. There's light around, whatever, whatnot. You know, wait for the sun to set proper. So we know. Yeah, and it's obvious. So, yeah, I mean, I'm just saying that when Sayyidina Abu Bakr siddiq says that until I see it, until it becomes clear, until the light comes in, I'm going to carry on. There's actually fiqh behind the, the fun. Anything else left? it's time for Okay. Time um, for Maghrib. So, inshallah, next week we will have our final uh, lesson. Uh, uh, same time Same time Yeah And um, What was I going to say That's it So if those folks Are who are in Malaysia I'll see you on Sunday night At Masjid Ulayah For Dominion And next weekend For anyone who hasn't studied Pure pesa, Then we will be covering it In Birmingham On Friday night Saturday and Sunday
1: Inshallah
0: Wa khair Wa 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 as-salamu wa rahmatullahi wa